0: Welcome to the DevReady podcast. Today, uh, we have Anthony and Tim Wormsley that's joined us today. Thanks for coming in, Tim. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Tim. Um, the reason why we got Tim in, uh, we're actually connected on LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure Yeah, had a bit of a chat. I read one of um, your articles about we being one of Australia's fastest startups at the moment. So, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, but, well, being the yeah fastest yeah. startup, it comes out of yeah. nowhere, right? <laughs> when you get
1: these things, it was just yeah. someone tagged us online and we were like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, amazing. But... Yeah. Um, no, uh, it's a, it's a really exciting time. We were named in that list along alongside companies like Canva and everything yeah, else. Yeah, it's which, huge. You know, mm. we look up to these companies as like <laughs> yeah. where we want to be, and yeah. then to be
0: in that same list was uh, it was a it was a good start to the day. Yeah, I imagine it would have been that morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Tim is from a company called Bench On. Um, tell us a bit about Bench On and what you actually do. Yeah, so BenchOn is a, the world's first business
1: talent sharing platform. So what we do is we allow businesses to earn revenue by loaning out their underutilized staff or their staff who are mm-hmm. sitting on the bench. Okay. Um, so when they're not using them, rather than letting them go, mm-hmm. they loan them out by a contract to other businesses that need specialist or search support. Yep. So in that way, businesses manage the peaks and troughs of the business cycle. with. Mm-hmm. Paid contracts for their staff in the troughs when there's not enough work on, um, and then in the peaks when they need support mm. or they need surge support, they can find the highest quality people hidden inside other businesses at cheaper rates, yeah. rather than just going to a business and saying, mm-hmm. I need you to do this project, which is sort of top rates. So this is more like, yeah, I've got a spare person and mm. you, know, you can have
2: them for this, this
1: reduced rate. It's just
2: sharing resources. That business doesn't have anything to do with what that person does at that other contract.
1: Uh, yeah so it's based on their skill sets and their specialties but there's two parts here there's skills under utilization and then there's productivity under utilization yep. right so um, any one of you would we'd have multiple skill sets we were talking before you're yep. a project manager you've got tech background you yep. know you do a bit of marketing yep. all of those skills no not many people would hire you for all of them in one. No, not all. Um, no. You're either going to get a marketing <laughs> job, or you're going to yes. get a project management job, or you're going to get a tech job. Yep. Where, but on my platform, your profile will be listed based Oof. on all of your skill sets. Okay. So um, even though you're a tech company,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, a marketing job might come up, mm-hmm. and you might be on the bench, so you can go for that. Or a project management job might come up, and you'd still get matched to that, because yep. it, it looks at your whole skill set. So okay. therefore, uh, businesses can maximize the use of their employees with their whole range of skill sets. Yep. Ah, and we've, we've seen plenty of case studies where that's that's worked really, really well. And then the underutilization part is, all right, well you've got a project just finishing, mm-hmm. you've got nothing starting for three weeks, do you continue to pay salaries for that person and just have them sitting there doing admin, or yeah. do you go, hey, it's too expensive, I've got to let you go, I've got nothing mm-hmm. for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where it started. I saw so many good people who were highly competent and loyal, they were losing their jobs mm-hmm. because the businesses were like, I just can't afford to keep you during this gap. You know? Yep. And um, and then at the same time, if, if a business goes, Oh, I want to keep my staff, I wanna, you know, grow my capability, they sit there and they continue to pay salaries out, chewing up their cash flow mm-hmm. and it puts the business in financial risk. You know, mm-hmm. and I saw so yep. many businesses who ended up shutting down because they had, you know, fifteen people on a project. That project ended, you know, earlier than they thought. They had nothing for them. They tried to keep them on and ended up running through all their cash and closing. Okay, you know, so that's not a position anyone wants to be in, right? So right. You know, finding that
0: balance is massively important. Yeah, it was a
1: lose-lose-lose yeah. situation yeah. and, and um, mm. I've always been someone who tries mm. to look for a win-win yep. in everything we yep. do and, and that's exactly what BenchOn does. It's a win for the company with someone mm. on the bench and it's a win for the company who needs a specialist support and then it's yep. a win for the economy because our, it's strengthening our businesses and giving mm. Australians job stability and so mm. they can you know, spend more money and grow the economy.
0: Yeah, it's an awesome concept. Is there anyone out there doing this? I've never heard of this before. No, yeah. no, actually. So,
1: when I started uh, Bench on, I did a yeah. whole lot of uh, market research, and there was nothing mm. worldwide yeah. doing this. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of platforms out there where you can win work. You yep. know, it's more like a tender proposal mm-hmm. system. Yeah. Yep. But that takes a lot of time, takes a lot it does, of effort. Yeah. Whereas this system, just goes, hey, look, I need a project manager for three weeks. These are the skill sets I need. And then Mm -hmm. I go, okay, well, here are five companies that have that exact person that has those skill sets, has the availability. This is their rate. Mm -hmm. Are you happy with it? Good. So there's no proposals. It's all automated. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're sort of maximising, yeah, the productivity of Australia. So just
2: in hearing about how it all works, in my head, something similar that probably doesn't sound, look at it at the surface is Amazon and AWS. Right. If you're familiar with them. So they started their whole cloud platform by selling... Underutilized servers at nighttime. Right. Yeah. So it's a similar concept. Concept-wise, it's similar to that, and that's grown into the biggest cloud provider now. Exactly. Across the world. So using the similar concept.
1: And that's why well, you know we say you know um, mm-hmm. you know in this day and age the sharing economy um, is 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 so powerful and what it can achieve mm-hmm. you know. If you need extra money, you don't have to cut your spending, you can go and use your underutilized car to drive for Uber or you put your underutilized bedroom on Airbnb. There's a lot of
0: opportunity out there now, isn't there? Right. So now what we've done Mm
1: -hmm. is created a platform where businesses can use their Mm underutilized asset, which is their employees, to Mm -hmm. earn money when they need it. It's an awesome
0: concept, awesome idea, and I understand why you actually getting some good traction out there in the marketplace. Yeah, thanks. Let's, let's Let's step back three steps, Tim. So... Tell us a bit about your background and how you first, so what, so what have you done in the past and what brought you into this sort of business and how did you yeah. get involved in it really? Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't normally have the, yeah. the I guess, the, the normal path of an entrepreneur. I'm, yeah. I'm actually a retired army major, so I did, okay. uh, I did yep. 14 years in the military. Yep. Um, I, I fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm. Um, I had an amazing career uh, and then I, my back was injured after I got back from Afghanistan. And okay. Um, Even though I was going into command, which is what Mm -hmm. I'd strive for my whole life, because of my back, I wasn't able to take that command position, so they put Mm -hmm. me into a desk job. Um, so, I did a couple of master's degrees and, and moved into defense project management. So, I was managing a $2 billion mm-hmm. um, program to replace all the missile systems in Army.
0: Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and during that time, so I not only learned mm-hmm. how government works in terms mm-hmm. of their contracting and how they engage with industry, but I also Get got it. a massive network in industry. <laughs> yeah. When you're running a $2 billion program, like <laughs> every man and their dog wants to know you <laughs> yes, and take you yep. for coffee. I had more coffees that year than yeah. like ever before. <laughs> <laughs> But it was, yeah. what it meant was is that yeah. when I could, when I jumped out of defence, I yes. had I had a real big network to go and get a mm. good job. So I landed an amazing job with um, a US aerospace engineering firm okay. as their director of strategy and business development. Very nice. Um, and so my job was to grow their business here in Australia. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, like amazing small business um, run by some like two two great people, and uh, they gave me full sort of. I guess leeway here in Australia. Mm. I worked from the Gold Coast, I travelled when I needed to and I came up with a strategy and just implemented it. Okay. Um, and that's when, during that time, that's when I started to see this problem in industry with, mm-hmm. you know, the peaks and troughs. Yep, get it. And so when I talked to, you know, my mentor at the time, I was like, how is it possible that all these people are losing their jobs and businesses are shutting down and he went, Well, it's peaks and troughs, mate, you know, we hope to survive long enough through the troughs to get back to the peaks. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. It's just mm. the way businesses get used to it. Interesting. And yeah, I went, okay. oh. like, yeah. so in my military career, yeah. I um, we have this thing called a red flag. Yeah. And it's because soldiers all the time try to pull the wool over your eyes, <laughs> you know, because they want to do something easier or, you yep. know, whatever. Um, and so as soon as someone says, oh, that's just the way it is, or that's mm-hmm. the way we've always done it, or, mm. you know, it's an immediate red flag. Because either... They either don't know why they're doing something, which is dangerous, Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, or two, they're actually trying to take the easy way out and they're trying to pull mm-hmm. the wool over your eyes. So either yeah. way, you investigate to try mm-hmm. and, is this the right process and is this the best way of doing it? Mm. So as soon as my mentor said, that's just the way it is, mate, get used to it. Yeah. I went, oh, it's a red flag, you know? So I went and sort of, you know, started researching the problem and talking to companies and then okay. sort of had the, the light bulb moment for Benchon.
0: Interesting. Um, your mentor. Let's dive a little bit. Can you share a little bit about who your mentor was at the time and still is, maybe? Yeah, uh, yeah. And how it came about. Well, he is mm-hmm. actually my mm-hmm. chairman
1: now okay. on the board. Yes. Um, he um, he's actually. A, I know him through family, extended okay. family, and yeah. we mm-hmm. we found that uh, like he sits on the board, of, you know, boards of ASX listed companies. Like he's he's yes. he's at the top of his game, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, when we were at like sort of events and parties and things, everyone mm-hmm. else would be drinking and laughing, and we'd be over in the corner discussing like business plans and like, <laughs> like what it. do I do here and yeah. how do I set this up? And yeah, nice. it was just, yeah. you know, just things we enjoyed, and yeah, yeah. you know, we sort of bonded that way. And mm-hmm. um, uh, when I took, so I went home after I had this sort of idea for Bench on, I wrote a business plan out, and I, I drove it to him that night. We went and had yes. a drink at a, at a pub, and I sort of showed him, and mm-hmm. he was just like, oh, this What's all works. The problem. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. of course, yeah. this works. This yeah. is great. I'll back you. Well. Yeah. So he, he was going to okay. be my first investor. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I've, I mean, I'm, I'm trained as a systems engineer. So when yes. I had the idea, I sort of did all the wire framing for what I wanted the p- platform to do. And yes. I planned it all out. And uh, we went and took it to an IT firm and said, how much to build this? And mm-hmm. they said, oh, it's a million bucks. Yeah. And I could see the color draining out of Pat's face yeah. when they said it's a million bucks. And you could see, like, yeah. he's just like, I'm not giving you a million bucks, <laughs> mate. Like, I was willing to chuck in like 50 grand, but, yeah, you know, not but I'm not giving you a million bucks, so you're on your own. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we didn't think it was going to work then. But basically, yeah, Pat, my mentor, he's been, sort of, he's been there from the very first second that I had the idea, and mm-hmm. uh, he's been my chairman ever since, so oh, he's wow. sort of my big, big supporter.
0: Yeah, no, that's important. I think we all need mentors in our life, and that's something you can reach out to, ask questions of, and having that calibre of experience is a great person to obviously uh, share some information about and uh, and run ideas through. So, yeah, awesome to have that experience Mm. on your
2: your side, really. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So when you jumped over to that IT team and they gave you that number... Yeah, is that yeah. going in blind without knowing anything about software and I what sort of things cost? Nothing, yes. Right. And yeah.
1: and now that I know, you don't you like what I did is I, I wireframed the gold standard of what I wanted, yeah. you know. And and then I learned over time about um, the lean approach and doing yes. minimum viable products and yep. test and adjust and mm-hmm. you know always going back to your clients and now I look back at what I did then I was like oh my god I was so naive yes you know <laughs> no wonder they were going to say it's a million bucks yeah that's yeah.
2: the polished version of everything yes. your wish list ideally right yeah. and
1: and I think back now and go geez I'm so lucky I didn't have someone who was like oh, I'll just give you two million bucks to get this started because I would have spent a million bucks on a mm. platform that would have yeah. looked nothing like the platform I have now well,
0: there you go and
1: you know <laughs> I would have had to rebuild and rebuild and yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just—I'm really lucky that I didn't have any money. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, a reality sometimes. Yeah,
0: we've met people that have thrown two, three hundred grand at things that just go nowhere, and it's pretty crazy. Right, the money they invest out of their own pocket. So yeah, lucky. You obviously, didn't get them that early investment. So after that, so you got this expectation, million bucks. What did you do? What did you do next?
1: I, I went home and I was yeah. sitting there thinking, oh, this is never yeah. going to happen. Like, how am yeah. I going to convince someone to give me a million bucks? <laughs> like, I was an army officer. Like, I yeah. well, I was like. Well, yeah. I, how do you convince someone? Like to me, yes. that was an enormous amount of money, and yeah. I was like, I'm, "What am I just going down the shops and go, anyone got a spare bill?" <laughs> you know, like so. I was thinking that this dream was dead and it wasn't going to happen. But um, you know, when you when you latch onto an idea mm-hmm. and you just know, like in your bones, that this mm-hmm. is the idea, yep. right? Like I couldn't let it go, so I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, I've got to find a way." Yes. Um, and then I was researching on LinkedIn and I found um, Sebastian Eckersley-Mazelin, Maslin, who is the yes. CEO yeah. of Blue Blue Chile. Chile. Mm-hmm. He's actually ex-military, so him and I oh, had something in rapport? common. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just reached out to him um, because yeah. Blue Chili supported uh, non-tech founders to get their yes. their uh, platforms off the ground. So mm-hmm. I just connected with him on LinkedIn and said, "Hey, I'm I'm, I'm I'm a military officer. I was a military officer as well. You know, I've yes. been following you guys. I want to meet. I've got an idea." Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so he uh, he gave me a lunch meeting, and mm-hmm. I pitched him, um, mm-hmm. and he went, "I love it." I'm mm-hmm. going to put you to my sort of head of startups. You've got to convince him yes. to get into the program. So I did mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Then I had to pitch their, so I had. then I had to do their, um, their startup boot camp, okay. which is basically, you know, the, the first steps in validating the idea, mm-hmm. you know, with customers and everything else. So yeah, I did okay. that. I got 15 customers that had all signed um, papers saying, yeah, we'll be your first customers, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, be, we'll pay you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I pitched their sort of international investment board. And then, uh, yeah, Blue Chili then accepted me into their 156 program. Yeah, nice. So and, up. yeah, what I liked about it was, especially coming from the military, it's like a bouncing mm-hmm. ball plan from mm-hmm. how to set up a, and grow a business. Mm-hmm. You know, even like the first step is like, what's the name of your business? Yep. You know? And then the next <laughs> exactly. step is yeah. register that name. Yes. You know, like, and yep. it just, all I had to do was follow each simple step. Okay. And it, I, got, I knew that the business was going to be set up well. Yeah, you know, good. So okay. um, they did. They they were the ones that got me off the ground.
0: So really, you only pitched to Blue Chilli. Nobody else beyond that.
1: No, I was there? talking to others. Okay. But it just mm-hmm. seemed like Blue Chilli was just too good a fit. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, um, because they were like, we'll build the tech for you. We'll mm-hmm. help you understand tech. Yes. We'll help you raise money. Mm-hmm. Um, it was everything that I needed. Okay. And, and I trusted Seb because he was ex military. Yeah, yeah, that helps you. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So
0: tell us a bit about that model itself. How long was the program for? What did it look like? Are you still involved in any way with them? Yeah. Um, Other than investment, obviously. But how does it how did it all play out? Just so everyone knows what Blue Chill is all about a little bit.
1: Sure. So um, it wasn't like it is now. So what they what in the startup sector what they do now is they have these sort of uh, like cohort system where they go, okay. Mm-hmm. We're getting all um, startups who are in the dis- disability sector mm-hmm. and we've got this accelerator for you and we've got these corporate partners and yes. we're going to help you with introductions and everything else. Mm-hmm. Back when I was there, it was like the wild west of startups, <laughs> which was just like, you're on your own, yep. set it up mm-hmm. and, and good luck.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they were there They were there as constant support. They yes. were my you know advisors and okay. they gave me all the templates and everything that I needed. Um, there was no time limit on the process. It was okay. just like, you're in now. Just okay. Grow your business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Seb and I, uh, you sort of maintained a very good relationship where I could just call him and ask questions. Um, his head of investment, Luther, um, was also there anytime I needed to ask questions about investors. It was just, it was like having a team behind me that I didn't pay. Yes. You know, they, they had equity in the company, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't pay them, but they were always there to lean on. Yeah, And, okay. and you know, mm-hmm. when you're starting out as a first time entrepreneur, the the biggest part there is feeling like you're not out there on your own and yeah
0: it's the overwhelm right it's right. not knowing what you don't know and walking into something yeah you obviously had an idea but how do you build the tech what do you do right you, you don't know someone? what you don't yeah, know right? you don't know it's challenging i think even being non-tech now you had a, we had a conversation a little bit earlier about how do you know what your tech's doing are they doing the right job it's challenging right you don't know exactly. uh, having a non-tech experience so having a team behind you is massively important at that stage and it really
1: yeah. made sense to me, too, mm-hmm. having an accelerator that had equity in my company being the same one building my tech. So they we built it, they, they, they build it at cost price. So I still had to pay for it, but yes. it was cost price, so it didn't cost me a whole bunch. Okay. But w- when I looked at it, it was like, well, mm-hmm. because they have equity, they want whatever they're building to work and to be the best mm-hmm. it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's a cost price, they're not going to try and rush through that. Yes, you know correct. they're gonna. They, they're, it just means that they were incentivized not to take shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they're incentivized to make it work, but also mm-hmm. do it on a schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why that's why I went with them over a sort of a, a firm model. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it worked really, really well. And unfortunately, Blue Chili has now sort of stopped their early startup support. Yep, they've moved to um singapore i think is their focus yeah
0: I, just, okay. I think there's a lot in australia that's shifting and changing i don't know how successful some of these have been and I these think, ventures yeah, they run
2: more like incubators yeah and, things that's like yeah. That. and, and th- then it's like yep. a pitch competition they'll yep. get 300 people pitching mm-hmm. push them through stages and then accept a handful of them mm-hmm.
1: yeah well now i think blue chili's moved to sort of supporting scale-ups and, yeah. and, and putting them through corporate programs mm-hmm. yeah um which is obviously a, 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 a better business model for them. It's a safer um,
0: safer investment, right? So Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah the is.
2: conversion rate from startups to unicorns isn't very high <laughs> no. in right. Australia. So I think <laughs> yeah. that's what probably prompted the shift. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: No, but they're still good. Like I still talk to yeah. Seb, you mm-hmm. know, it's still there's I, I still have all the, the relationships I had originally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um but yeah, without them, I would never be where I am right now. Yeah, I would, it would it. still be an idea yeah. that I had.
0: And so you basically had to run it at cost price. What did you invest into the first product?
1: Um, so we did, mm-hmm. well, firstly, um, my wife and I sold our house and put all that into the business. Wow. You <laughs> okay. know, that, so that kept <laughs> yeah. us going for, yeah. for the first two years. Yep. Um, we did a, a, a pre-seed investment round of about mm-hmm. $130,000 from, okay. from people we knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was enough to get the basic platform built yes. um, to, to fund my sort of early business development activities mm-hmm. And, you know, get the website and the legals and all that set up. Yes. Um, and it allowed me to get out there with a very, very, very basic product um, and, and start earning revenue from clients. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what was interesting was I originally tried to do the, very, the, the, the proper lean approach. So I went, okay, well, engineering has this problem the most. We're going to start in engineering in defense industry in Canberra. Mm -hmm. And we'll build the market there, and once it's working, we'll then expand out. So vertical by vertical. Mm -hmm. Um, So I signed up the 15 engineering companies, and then when I said, okay, well, the platform's ready to go, you can put your jobs in, and we'll match you, and... We were still doing everything manual. Like the, the platform was a shop front, basically. Oh, so yeah, just a data entry all, point. All behind the scenes, yeah. we were like, you know.
2: Yeah. Smoking mirrors.
1: Duck, duck, <laughs> legs underwater. Like, where are we <laughs> going to find these people? <laughs> so anyway, so they started putting jobs on, but yeah. they were asking for project managers and logisticians and IT developers. Yeah. And I went, guys. And I rang them all up and I was like, yeah. guys, this is a place for you to find engineering resources or to get your engineering resources off the bench. And they went, well, That's we're an engineering company. Mean, I don't need engineers i need the skill sets that
0: i don't have, don't have yeah, you know okay. and i was like ah oh, light know? bulb
1: <laughs> so the customer's driving me in a different so i then yes. had to make the decision to go horizontal uh, across okay. all verticals at once yeah that rather than vertical, vertical which yeah. as you know is like yeah. the most impossible thing to do it is, is how do you create supply and demand mm-hmm. for each vertical simultaneously yes what but you it's not just each vertical it's Skill sets, location, availability, price range. So basically, you know,
0: recruiting across every sector, every field imaginable. Right. So that's imagine, like anyone can ring up and ask yeah. for anything, yeah. <laughs> and you've just got to be able to find yeah, it. Yeah. Wow. Well, you okay. know. So it was,
1: yeah. we did a lot of running around. I imagine yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but that's how sort of our clients mm-hmm. drove our early plans of, of how we were going to attack this and get it. Um, and yeah. some,
0: it's a marketplace too, so you have got the chicken and egg problem. You don't have the resources, but you might have the projects. You don't have the right. project, you don't have the resources. So always fighting that. Battle. And
1: there was no clear. There was yeah. no clear like, oh, this that it should be the egg first or the chicken first. Yeah. So when we started out, I was like, okay, if I get the supply, mm. then the de- I can then sell the demand because I can say I've got this many.
0: That's true. This yeah. Talent. Yeah. So that's yeah. how I started. Yeah.
1: But then I realized that the only way to find the demand after I got the, the supplier signed up was mm-hmm. to like get on Seek and work out who's asking for contracted support and then ringing them up and going, hey, okay. why don't you put it through my platform instead? But yep. every single company I talked to was like, no agencies and they'd hang up because they just thought I was a recruitment agent. Yeah, sure. at yeah, that yeah. point,
2: it, yeah, you sound very similar. Yeah, right, because yeah. I was like,
1: hey, I've got a platform that automatically, ma-. no, no agencies and they'd hang up on me. And I was like, ah. Okay. So I was very frustrated Um, and then I realized, well, if I had a contract, Mm -hmm. if I ring a business and say, hey, I've got a six-month contract for a project manager worth 75 grand, are you interested? By the way, it's available through my platform, I just need you to sign up and create a profile. Uh I was getting like 90%. Sign up success rate. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Because you're dangling money in front of. It's a very business different. Owner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You know, and you're saying, "Hey, there's yeah. 75 grand. I don't care yeah. if you win it or not, but it's yeah. there if you want to sign up for free." Mm. And all of a sudden, it changed. Okay. You know, and then so so now I now know which one was first. It was I needed the demand. Yes. And then I could bring on the supply.
0: I understand that. Okay. Yeah. So it's always an evolving business model you've been working on there. Always. And I'm learning
1: new things every single day.
0: And you're working with customers to solve the problems, right? So every customer you deal with, you get new ideas, new concepts, then you've got to evaluate, is it needed? Sometimes you've got to build stuff just to bring on big customers. Right. Who have you been targeting through this process? Are you targeting small, medium, large? What does it look like?
1: Yeah, so in the early days, I, I targeted small because mm-hmm. uh, as a startup, you don't have time to wait for the enterprise sales cycle. Yeah, correct. Which is like 12 <laughs> months plus. Yeah, it can yep. be more. You know, yeah, we would have died plus. waiting. Yeah. So I, I focused on small business, and we signed yeah. up. We were pretty successful. So in the first two and a half years, I think we signed up about 500 companies. Okay. Um, the problem was, uh, even though the the... The premise of the business is built on the fact that every business has peaks and troughs. So yes. they therefore have supply and demand mm. depending on when they're at. But in a general term, enterprise has all the demand because they're winning all the big programs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they've got big BD teams and marketing mm. and everything else. Mm. And the small business has all the oversupply because they don't have the ability to find contracts whenever they need them. Correct. So what was happening was our small business, even though uh, the small business market, even though it was growing steadily, um, they were putting on speculative jobs. So tenders, you know, they hadn't won the work yet.
0: Oh, okay, so just so, throwing up a tender oh, for so someone else. So they were going, so, yeah. oh,
1: I've been offered to bid for this work. I yep. need three people, you mm-hmm. know, and then they'd put it on my platform. And we were more than happy to support. We were like, yep. oh, if we can help small business with more work, great. Yep. But because it was speculative and it wasn't in hand, Mm-hmm. they'd put the job on, we'd match them, they'd go, yeah, okay, cool, they'd put that person forward, but then there's a tender response period, there's yes. a, tender, so like, a contracting it could period. Months. It could be yeah. two, three months before yeah. they actually get a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so firstly, available staff weren't then available. When oh, the things changed. So they were using yeah.
2: the same model they were doing previously, which was get people on in preparation for work. Right. Project doesn't come in, but then they've got resources sitting there. Exactly. So yes. we were exacerbating the problem. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Making it easy to bring people on board. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And the other problem was, is yeah. that there were then some small businesses who went, ah, oh, well, this is awesome. So they just scraped every tender platform, like OzTender or anything, they grabbed every single job, whether it suited their company or not, and yeah. they just put it on the bench on and go, well, if another company can give me all the people, I'll bid for it. And,
0: and make a clip off the top.
1: I'll just make a clip <laughs> off top. And I just, I fundamentally disagree with that business yeah, model. Yeah, it's not a great model. Outsourcing <laughs> business. Yeah. And so they had no probability of win. So we were doing all this work because yes. we were still doing things manually at that mm. point. We were doing all this work, working 18 hours a day, and we were getting zero revenue because no contracts came up. Well, yeah,
0: that's not fun.
1: <laughs> so I was in this downward spiral of depression going, my yeah. model's not working, yeah. how am I going to fix this and yeah. so then when I sort of took a step back and looked at it and went well enterprise is the missing key here. Mm-hmm. So then I did a couple of pilot programs with like a big four bank and a big four consulting firm okay. and a few others and just sort of said what's your problems, mm-hmm. you know and I found that even though these companies have millions of dollars and heaps of resources. They were still managing sourcing manually with emails and phone calls and Excel spreadsheets. Yep. yep. I'm like, you're a bank for God's sake. Like, <laughs> how do you not have yeah, a system subsystem
0: that system does
2: this? Right? Facebook, yeah, and they years, go, well, 20... this...
1: And then they go, but this is just the way we've always yeah, done it. that's Well, let me fix that for you. <laughs>
2: Their 30-year-old systems just yeah, right, <laughs>
1: work. Right, So in 2018, we did a pivot yeah. and we became a software enterprise company. Okay, um, right. And we built... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Let me rephrase that. Enterprise software. Company. Enterprise. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that we we then built um, products that suited the problems that our enterprise customers were having to make it more okay. efficient and everything mm-hmm. else. Um, so we built that. We finished that off, sort of, the end of two thousand and eighteen, and then two thousand and nineteen, we started selling it. Mm-hmm. And as you know, long enterprise cycle. It took it a long takes time. time. It takes does take time. It wasn't until we won um, the defense industry startup of the year. Uh, yep. at, the, at their at big awards, which was like it was like the Oscars, you know, like they had celebrities <laughs> announcing the nominees. Okay. Everyone was in tuxes, you know. Cool. There was like it was. It was Probably
2: just... the uh, richest projects in Australia. Right, it was it was <laughs> unbelievable.
1: That yeah. They had every big player in defence industry there, and we won it. And the, the, what the judges said about the company was just broadcast to every major player in the industry. And yep. that night, companies that I was having mm. trouble getting meetings with. The CEO, the global CEO, would walk over and just drop his card on the table and go, "Love what you're doing. Let's yeah. have a meeting next week." That makes a lot so, of it easier, doesn't so, it? So, yeah. so from October, everything just changed. Okay. Like and this all is of October sudden, what year we're we talking? I'm talking like last October.
0: Yeah, 19. Yeah, okay. right? So It was a, <laughs> okay. it was a
1: good three and a half years of yeah. slogging it out, yeah. low revenue. Yes. you know, trying to get the right fit,
0: putting the house on the line,
1: putting everything yeah. was on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a I, I did a you know investment yeah. rounds during that yeah. time to keep us going. Yes. Uh, But then it all just sort of fell into place. And and Mm. we were, I guess we were validated in that industry. So um, before Christmas, this last Christmas, we just had like enterprises closing, like bang, 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 bang. And and now we've Mm. got a pipeline that's just, I'm at the point now where I can't keep up. With, with the pipeline that I've got. So I've yeah. gone from like three and a half year drought yeah. to now just like catastrophic <laughs> success. <laughs> how, do I, how do I stop that? It's the...
0: a better problem to have, isn't it? Right,
1: right. I actually love this problem. Yeah. I love this problem. But um, that's exactly it. And it was, we've now hit that product market fit. We know that mm-hmm. the enterprise products are what they want. Mm-hmm. Behind that, we've got our sort of collaborative network which connects all businesses through all enterprise products together. So... That's where the true power is. You know, A business can come on like an enterprise and they can buy our products to make their processes more efficient and their sourcing more efficient. Mm-hmm. But if they bring on a thousand companies that normally do work with them, those thousand companies then get added into my, glo- my, my national network and then they provide more supply and demand for everyone else. So it's this so compounding effect.
0: And I um, imagine, if- Depending anyway, on how big this gets, it's going to make a massive impact to resources. And if it gets, it becomes global. And if you're talking to these CEOs, it can quickly become global, right? Right. Um, and like you said, the peaks and troughs. We have people sitting. We're going to office 10 guys here. We've got some people overseas as well. But we have peaks and troughs. And we've gone through those. And then you're just trying to save money at that time and just not spend as much. And um, and that's probably not the best way to do it, but that's what you do when you're in that right. sort of world, in a small business sort of world. Um, so having that, imagine a global presence of a business like that. The amount of efficiency you'll drive. So it's pretty cool to think about how big this could be, um, and that's, that's probably why you got it written up, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's exactly yeah. it.
1: So we've got one yeah. client at the moment who's who's going to trial our system in five countries in Europe. Yep, well. Um, and then if that works, they're mm-hmm. going to roll us out across mm-hmm. 123 countries. Yeah. You know, oh, they're a global that's player. That's bang. You yes. know, and once yeah. once that happens, mm-hmm. like, so that's happening yes. this year. So mm-hmm. this year is when mm-hmm. we go global. Um, yeah. Huge. We've had uh, companies from 15 different countries register their formal interests. So mm-hmm. as soon as you're ready to come out, you yep. know, we're ready. Mm-hmm. But we design the enterprise uh, products to be sold SaaS. Yeah. Okay. You know, so we can yep. sell them overseas. I don't yes. need to go and set up offices and teams. I can just. Yeah support from here, Mm -hmm. they use it internal, and then when they've built a sort of a ready-made market for Mm -hmm. us over there, that's when we can invest in the country and build a national network in each of those countries. And if you think then where we're going, like have a look at how fast globalization is happening and how small the world's getting. Um, We're talking about optimizing the sharing of talent nationally. Mm -hmm. The next step is we're going to have international talent mobility, you know, where... And a good example, so we're in defense industry here. There are no armament engineers here in Australia because we don't we don't build our own you know well there are some, but mm-hmm. um, and and this company needed it. The only place we could get it was in the states. okay so we had to then cold call cold companies call. in yeah, the yeah, states okay. and yeah, go, yeah. look, our platform's just in Australia, but we're willing to match you manually if yes. you want this job and yeah, yeah. we were able to do that and, yeah, well done. you know they got visas and everything mm-hmm. and they came across. but yep. if each. you have a fully automated platform with mm-hmm. each nation, having their own national network, and then Mm -hmm. each of those networks are connected to all other national networks. Mm. It doesn't matter what skill set you need, when you need it. It could be a purple unicorn that sprouts rainbows out of its head. (laughs) Someone somewhere in some country will have it. Yeah, get it. That's really cool. The only thing
2: at that point you have to worry about is language barrier, and there's probably not even that much of a problem because there's people in different countries who speak languages of their mother country or wherever it may be so that can fit it anyway.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and also, you know, I have faith in technology. You know, I have faith that by the time we're at a point where I have to have multi-currency, multi-language mm-hmm. and connect the two together on, yeah. this, on a level playing field, that my tech platform will be advanced enough to be able to handle that. You know, yeah. Yeah. we can always build to fix future problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so as long as I've got the right people in the team, we'll, we'll be able to handle all the problems that come up in the future. But still it's exciting at the possibility of what could happen
0: what's yeah. the what's the big vision for you what, where do you where are you, are you planning to be what are your goals what are your objectives um,
1: so I mean if you look at it so our mission is to give Australians job stability you know because okay. I, I actually think that that's the the basis for economic growth mm-hmm. um, you know I know the casualization of the workforce has come in and flexibility and, and you know with the new generations coming through that that's important to them but um, I think as a as a society we've made the mistake of thinking that flexibility and all of that is, is the most important. Mm. But what's most important is that we have a strong business base yes. that have strong employees who are trained to the best of their ability, mm-hmm. um, and that they have Australians have work whenever they need it. You know, if you look at the underemployment figures, the underemployment's actually rising even though employment's mm-hmm. dropping mm. or, or, or unemployment's dropping. You know, so that is a symptom of a bigger problem. And so that's, I mean, that's ultimately my my social impact goal okay. is, is to do that. But if we look at where do I want to take the company, um, we'll, you know, we're very, very close to... To having almost 100% ownership of defence industry, which is which Huge. is coming this year. Yeah, it's massive. Which gives us a very big competitive mm. advantage. Yeah, it um, does. Mm-hmm. And defence industry is one of the hardest industries to break mm. into. So yeah. if we can do it in the hardest industry possible, <laughs> and break that and own it, you yeah. know, then it, mm-hmm. we naturally then will filter into all others. Mm. Yeah. Um But yeah,
2: they reach a majority of other industries anyway. Right, exactly. Their it's, it's, it's like a hub and spoke. you know, yeah.
1: a, a wheel spokes, you know, and Defence is in the centre because Defence uses every other industry. Telecommunications, yeah. rail, construction, mm-hmm. you know, it's all
0: there. Um, so, yeah, it's a natural starting point, which is what yeah. we're going to. What's through. your... Uh, cheeky question. What's your relationship with recruiters? Actually, okay. So this is an
1: interesting story. So when I first yeah. started this, I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder how the recruitment industry is going to take us. Yeah, because the recruitment like, industry is humongous. Yeah, it's
0: a massive industry. There's like
1: twelve thousand yeah. recruiting companies yeah. here, and just here in Australia. Mm, yeah. Um. So I was worried. Yep. Yeah. But what actually happened in practice was. Mm-hmm. Recruiters are using my platform to get their job seekers out on more contingent contracts, you know, while they wait to find their career of choice.
0: Okay, so they're actually okay. utilizing
1: it as well. So they're so utilizing mm-hmm. it to win more contracts for their people yes. while their recruiters can mm-hmm. focus on finding them the best long term career.
2: Okay, get it. You Understand. know, and that's. Yeah. Uh, so they're uh, registering as a business with spare resources. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> because
1: if you think about it, it's a loophole because yeah. yeah. we're purely business to business. We don't deal yes. with individuals. Yeah, you yeah. have to have an ABN. You have to be a legitimate trading business in Australia. Uh-huh. We vet each company. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, a recruitment company has people. Yes, yep. direct, know, direct access. And they have access yep. to people who mm-hmm. want work. Mm-hmm. Now, just now, even though that that recruitment company will put them forward under their banner and say, you know, we're representing this person, so there is mm-hmm. that level of, you know, management and control. Yes. Yep. Um, it's just the same as any other business. Mm. You know? and, and those people deserve the work just as much as anyone else. Uh, mm. And now we're matching up two talent pools so we've got not only the job seeker pool which is what everyone has to Mm -hmm. use at the moment we've now got the untapped talent pool as well which is the underutilized staff in businesses that don't want to change jobs and we're mashing those two together to give the biggest talent pool in the country Mm. yep you know, and, and that's uh, that's the the true
0: power, I guess. It's, yeah, quite powerful when you think about what it could mean. Yeah. Long-term, as everyone, business is on this platform, what will it mean to efficiency across staff and utilization? Yeah, massive yeah.
1: impact, really. So we actually have some really good relationships with mm-hmm. some amazing recruiters. Some get it, some don't. Yep. Um, and, you know, we've had some recruiters sign up that have done, you know, shady things. Um, <laughs> they just get cut away from the platform straight away. Okay. And, you know, so everyone, everyone starts to behave better and yes, you know <laughs> do business the way that we want them to. Keep them in line. I like it. Yeah, no, very, very good. I'm guessing
2: that shady stuff is trying to keep the retainer they get for finding someone or something along the lines of that.
1: Most of it, most <laughs> of it's all about well, this is the way that we've always done business, okay. so we're just yes. going to do that on this platform. And yeah. it's like no, it doesn't you work know, We've way. got checks and balances in place to make sure that you can't do that stuff. Yes. Yeah, and we will find you. You <laughs> yeah. know, um, so yeah.
2: There's a, a word of warning for you out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: We've got that's it, and we've got all these red flags built into the system. So the ah. system senses when we've hit a behavioural case study where something could be going wrong, mm-hmm. yep. and then our client relations managers then investigate both sides and yep. find out what's going on. So okay. um, we've actually that's actually further increased the relationship we have with our clients. Like yes. they they're happy to take our calls. They've mm-hmm. got relationships with my people. They want to do the right thing because they want business to be better.
2: Yep. yep. You know, Very um, good. Yeah. So love so it. It's actually working. It's quite a cool well.
0: idea. Awesome concept, and I see it. Yeah, making some big impacts across the next few years. But clearly, if you're in um, defence and owning that market, that's a that's a huge win. Yeah. yeah. No.
1: Thanks. No. Yeah. It's go- it, yeah. this year is going to be a full-on year. I'm going to yeah. look at least five years older by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Much more grey hair, but. Um, it's, we're now we've hit that exciting phase of the startup where mm, it's yeah. not it's not about trying to get product market fit or trying to get yes. that new customer. It's about well we've hit that now. It's about yeah. how do I how do I make it happen?
0: And it yeah. took three and a yeah. half years for everyone out there to get to this point. Yeah. Three yeah. and a yeah. half years for the overnight success. Yeah, for the overnight success <laughs> That's that exactly so. it. Right. Yeah. If
1: in two years' time, we ended up being you know acquired yeah. or something. Yeah. Someone would be like yeah. overnight success. Yes. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Almost yeah. lost my house. You didn't,
1: <laughs> me, you didn't see me crawled up in like a yeah. you know the fetal position on the couch, going, "It's not working."
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's all people see is just the day the news is announced, not yeah. what yeah. happens before. Yeah. Even Lionel Messi, the soccer player, says it's like it's an overnight success, but it took him 17 years of practice. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Before he got <laughs> LinkedIn his contract, the same, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. of them are they're all yeah. the same. Yeah. So, how do you see the challenges you're facing now differ to when you were starting up and trying to define your product and what the startup looked like? Um. Because it's, yeah, it's a different set of challenges now and it's a different mindset you have to be in to yeah. grow from nothing to grow with something that you can work with.
0: And then manage yeah. that scalability, right? So, so like you were talking different different about earlier,
2: you might need a, a dedicated project manager, someone that sees the long-term vision right. as well as the local or the now vision.
1: Right, yeah, no, I mean, uh, okay, so in the early days, you're, you're, you're thinking about the original concept right? And you're thinking at a very high level, Mm -hmm. you know, we did a very basic MVP um, that sort of addressed that high level. But as you evolve through and you get more engaged with your clients and you have more case studies and more use cases, and Mm -hmm. it becomes so complex. So then it's about, okay, well, what was the original concept? We got, yeah, tick, we got that one. That's good. Now it's about, well, how do we manage the ultimate complexity of this? And then how do we make the complex simple? and how do we make it like enjoyable for people. Mm. Like uh, multi-industry contracting is one of the most complex things that anyone can do because every business is different, every business does business differently, they have different processes and different structures and we support everything from global corporates down to startups, you know, and how do you create a platform and a process that suits everyone and you know, so that that's where we're, that's what the journey that we've been going through now and even yeah. now with all of this sort of you know enterprise success we're having, each enterprise comes on and they just they want something just a little bit different <laughs> just or... Just to suit their needs. Well, w- yeah, could yeah. you do this feature for us and yeah. everything else? So that's why my tech team want to punch me in the face is because every day I come in and go, guys, I've sold this. Yes. Yeah. By the way, you've got to just
2: do, do this, do this. Yeah. And,
1: and build this. And by the way, I need that in three weeks. And yeah. they're like, but that's six months worth of work. And I'm like, <laughs> that's why you got shares, buddy. <laughs> Crack on. like. Yeah. Um, but Yeah, so it's now it's about um, execution, yep. you know, how do yep. I, one, make sure that I'm rolling it out the way that they want it, mm-hmm. two, how do I make sure that I'm keeping them retained and that yes. I've got a good relationship with these mm-hmm. clients, um, you know, and three, how do I then manage the overall, uh, I guess, the way that the company is seen nationwide and yep. what our reputation is and, and how we're, how we're ma- yeah. you know, messaging it. Mm-hmm. Like. I change my messaging on my website at least, you know, once every three months because a new way of explaining it suddenly is easier, you know, people got it, you know, and then I'm like, oh, okay, well now they get that, I'm going to change it and then, you know, so we've had about probably six different taglines, we've had, you know, the website was focused on small business, now it's focused on enterprise and... It's what it is. I, I, I basically, it's like every week I have to stop. I have to take stock of where we're at and mm-hmm. go. Well, what is the current situation? Not what I assume it was, mm-hmm. and then look at it bare bones and go. Okay, now what's the action I need to take um, to to manage the complexity of what of the execution? So you're basically yeah.
0: running an agile business, not just an agile tech. Oh, it's, yeah, approaches. it's hundred <laughs> percent
1: agile. You know, <laughs> yeah. and that's and that is how our clients, yeah. have, you know, they they appreciate that mm. and they. That's why they don't get upset if we have a bug or yep. if they try to do something and it doesn't work. Instead, they ring us and go, mm-hmm. hey, guys, I know you're working hard, but I had this problem. Can yeah. you guys fix that? You mm-hmm. know, and we fix it on spot. Yep. Yeah.
2: That's uh, the, the relationship you want to have with your yeah, customers. Yeah, correct. Right, especially
1: yeah. at this point. You know, until mm-hmm. we've got a product that is so mature mm-hmm. and we know that that's, that's just what it's doing and we can just go
0: out and do nothing but sell, um, you have to remain agile and responsive. Yeah. So some of the key points for whoever's listening out there... Um, Obviously, Tim's a non-tech, so he's gone and built a business, but validated that clearly, and he is still validating it now. Every day. (laughs) So it's a continuous process. It's not just about, I've got an idea, and let's just build this thing, right? Um, You started an MVP. Does that MVP exist, or is that completely gone and built something new again? So
1: um, I I didn't have any internal tech team for the first 18 months of the business. So um, Blue Chili just did sort of bug fixes for me through that period. Mm -hmm. Then I hired my tech lead, um, and he... Built on top of the MVP, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, we hired our own internal tech team of developers and testers and everything, and yes. then we completely rebuilt it. Okay, so there is a point where you have to do that generally. Well, and um, I think that's yeah. that's yeah. fine, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. it, mm-hmm. you build something first mm-hmm. and you test it. You break yeah. it. You mm-hmm. you you sticky tape things to the side <laughs> of it. You know, just Pretty to much. try and make it look yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, we had a Ferrari that was made of you know cardboard and duct tape. You know, <laughs> yep. but uh, and then at some point you go, okay, well look at all yep. the lessons that we've learned now yes. over two years. Mm. Now it's time to sort of wipe the slate clean, put everything we know into practice, yes. and then build again from there. You yes. know, yes. so it's about moving that mm. that sort of plateau or that that foundation up mm. and going, okay, mm. we're now at another level. Mm-hmm. Let's start again. Yep and and probably by the end of this year um we'll be looking then to just completely redo the whole platform again yeah, okay. in sort of version 3 yeah because mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's,
2: it's sort of like a different vision when you're building it now for 12 months time yeah, yeah. the yeah. time that 12 months happens is a different direction again yeah, yeah. And so again, you built got... it to scale in that sec- direction but not in the direction you need it to go when you get there
1: right and what do they call it um it's tech debt or something you know like if we look through our code right now there's
0: it's really yeah. sunk costs, but it's gone. Right, you know, it's, it's all there, yeah.
1: but it's just making everything a bit slower. It's you yes. know, so yeah. once we can wipe that and yeah. go, okay, well, let's start from scratch and design yeah. it based on how yeah. we're using it.
2: Yeah. And then you're yeah, like this bit of code that was, we know that we were going to need that in six months time, but we just did it as we went. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a bit like you know, it, it feels a bit like Frankenstein, right? Like you <laughs> yeah. just you're just plugging everything together. Yeah. It's doing the function, but now I want to make it pretty. You know, yeah. I want to start it again and. You know, make it a a seamless, amazing experience.
0: And to be on version three in year four, is it now, roughly?
2: Yeah, Yeah, we're in year four, yeah. Year four is
0: is pretty big feat in itself. So clearly there's some success in terms of revenue to be able to drive that and continuous investment coming in. So it's really good to hear how you're approaching it and how it's all going. Yeah. Clearly you've been flexible in your approach and been willing to ask the big questions of customers or the business model, shake it all up. How have you done that, considering you've got a whole tech platform behind you, and you're basically coming from a non-tech perspective. How do you know what it's going to take, what it's going to be, how you going to deliver it? Are you going to be able to deliver it to customers? What do you do? What's the team look like?
1: Yeah. I, so I, so mm-hmm. I guess as a non-tech founder, the first thing yes. I had to do was research what the hell a tech team does. Like, what does a okay. CTO do? What does a product manager do? What yeah. does, a, what does a, a front end do? What's a back end? What's mm-hmm. a full stack? Yep, You know, um, <laughs> yeah. and learn all that. You know, it was really fun trying to put together the job description for my first tech. I, I was so. like, hey, I need someone who can do stuff. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, anyone, anyone. <laughs> uh, and so we had to learn that as we went. So that's first and foremost, is sort of understanding that part and then did you bring um,
0: them on through your own platform? That would have been cool. No, no,
1: no, no. No, <laughs> no, because no, I needed to recruit him. We don't do recruiting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, that was the first step. And then the second step was I needed to develop trust in that first developer, you yes. know, to know that he's not going to pull the wool over my eyes, you yeah. know, um, and because I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Like most of the time when I was sitting there and I was asking him questions like, so what's your previous experience in this or building these <laughs> things? And he go, I built this app. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I have no idea what that <laughs> took. I have no idea whether he did it in a day or, yeah. you know, it took over it six five months. Years, I was just yeah. like, oh, that's amazing. Listen yeah. to, okay, cool. I want you to yeah. do that for me. And yeah. luckily, I have, I have a tech lead who is, you know, he's invested in the company. Yes. You know, him and I get along really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sure, he snaps at me every now and then, but... I can be a bastard every now and <laughs> yeah. you know. then, um, but yeah, no. So I, we started off this team with a with a foundation of trust, and then when we brought in others um, mm-hmm. underneath them, I know that they're always working for the better, yep. yeah, the betterment of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to you know how how is it to get things built and how long does it take? I mean, you you sort of learn that through osmosis, but yes. I think a non-tech founder should be taking an active role in mm-hmm. management of. What's being built? What's mm-hmm. the what's the priorities? Yep. How are things put together? You know, I had to learn how to use DevOps. Yep. Um, and and so I set all that up. Like these are the features that I want. They, I break down each feature, and I write the requirements for them. So it's been the more of a product owner, basically. So just yeah, only sort in a product of product direction.
2: direction, a client, yeah. Yeah. a team. Yeah. Just but
1: the, also, the key part yeah. to understand mm. is, is that uh, when you're in that position, is mm. yeah, I'm writing requirements because I know what the intent of what I want it to do is, and I know Get how it. the customer wants to experience it. Mm. But then knowing that I don't know everything, yes, and taking those to the specialists in those areas and uh-huh. saying, are these requirements right? Have I missed? Mm-hmm. Have I missed the third, fourth, fifth order effects of what we're building? Get you know, because um, mm-hmm. that's where the big problems will yeah, come exactly. in. exactly. Yep. You know, talking to UX/UI people and saying, "All right, I think mm-hmm. I've designed it like this, yep. but I'm not a designer. Yeah, you know, yeah. is that sort of how it should look?" <laughs> so I al- always ask questions, but you know, learn by doing. Get yep. involved. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you um, need
0: to do that. You can't just. So here's a a requirement on the back of a napkin of a product I want to build and off you go and come back to me. Actually, (laughs) that's when my
1: my tech lead and I butted heads the most in the early days because I didn't understand the process. So I'd go down to Sydney because he lives in Sydney, I live Mm -hmm. on the Gold Coast and I'd get a whiteboard, okay, this is how I want the dashboard to look and I want this button to do this and this and I'd draw it all up for him and he's taking notes, he's like, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. So then I would leave there going... Awesome. Bleed. he's got like, and Problem he's going to be building that like yeah. all sorted so yeah. I just put that out of my wash mind wash your hands and you're good to go <laughs> right and then two months later um, I'd be like hey so where's that uh, where's that new dashboard button or whatever and yeah. you'd go well you haven't given me your requirements for it I went I spent all day <laughs> on the whiteboard I drew it for you yeah. and you were like yeah that's great and he yeah. goes yeah yeah. That's a great idea once yeah. you put it into the DevOps board with requirements yes. with a mock-up and you tell me how you want me to build it. Interesting, yeah. It's a but I haven't it. built it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm there going, but I'm telling people this is coming. And it's <laughs> like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a mind reader. Um, so we had to get to the point where I was like, okay, so I do sort of that general, this is the overview of what I want. Does everyone understand? Good, okay, yes. now I'm gonna get you detailed requirements, Yes. and I'm gonna give you a schedule, and okay. you're gonna tell me whether that schedule is. Realistic or is not? Realistic. <laughs> I like it. And, and in the early days, too, the tech team were all yes men, you know, they were like, yeah, we can do that, we can do that, we can do that, and then, you know, Super we would we, all, all fall apart. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, why did it fall apart? And they were like, well, because it was too much. And I'm like, but you said yes. Yes. <laughs> Say no. You know, tell me. So we. We've learned and evolved over the years, and now we've got quite yeah. a good process and,
0: yeah. you know, that step by step. Very cool to hear. So, unfortunately, in, a, in some circumstances, unfortunately, people don't have enough runway to do that. How yeah. have you managed that? It's been like three and a half, four years. Has it been revenue driven? Has it been just investors? You mentioned a little bit along the way. What does it look like?
1: Yeah, it's been a, mm-hmm. it's been a bit of both. Okay. Um, we've certainly had our valleys of death. So mm-hmm. we've we've probably survived through three valleys of death. Okay. Um. And we, we got through those with a mixture of revenue and investment. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you know, you you know when you you need something to show investors to get them on board, Correct. right? Yeah. So there's only so much you can sell them on. This is the vision. Mm. Particularly here in Australia, they're so risk adverse. Yeah, they they, are. they go, yeah. what's your revenue. I'm going to put a multiplier on that, and that's your valuation. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and when you're building a two sided marketplace horizontally. Yes. Like LinkedIn took, what, 12 years to get to profitability, you know, and and actually implement something. And we're trying to do the same thing, but Mm -hmm. we're trying to do it in an Australian investment
0: model. So it's all coming out of Australia, the investment. Yeah, at the moment, Mm -hmm. it's
1: all Australian, um, where they go, okay, well, what's the revenue? So Mm. I had to have that focus, obviously, on the revenue and growing that, Mm -hmm. um, which we were able to do. The team would rally, you know. It's almost like my team, as soon as their backs are against the wall, like, they all turn into superheroes and (laughs) just pull something out, you know. um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a mixture of both, but in the times where revenue was was
0: low, mm. we, we had the backing of a really good investment. Yeah, group. very good. Yeah. So, how big is your team? How big is the tech team, operations? What does yeah. it look like? Uh, we run a
1: very, very lean team. We've got seven okay. people. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. And uh, we now service over you know, 750 clients yep. uh, across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we've got a four-person tech team. Myself and the COO, and then uh, we've got a director of strategy and business development. Yeah, very cool. Um, And yeah, we've even evolved our mm -hmm. sales and everything else. Like in the early days, we were doing cold calls Mm -hmm. to small business. We've now moved away from that. Now it's all enterprise sales, Mm -hmm. so um, it's much more deliberate. you know, So it's constantly looking at how do we streamline it? Do I need an additional person? Yes. How do we keep our costs low to maintain the best chance of, of giving us the time we need, mm. but at the same time as delivering what our clients need? Yep. And the way that we've done that is through automation in the platform, allowing mm-hmm. the tech to
0: do the majority of the work for us, okay. um, and then strong relationships to, to grow our network through. No, very, very good. So mm. it's not a big team, clearly, and um, 750 clients. What's an example? Of how much is actually run through the platform in terms of yeah. um, how many people are placed? What does it look like? I don't so, know if you call well, it placed, but put on there. Yeah. Well,
1: over the yeah. four years, we've yeah. processed over a hundred million dollars worth of contracts. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, mm-hmm. but if you think the story mm-hmm. I just told you, a lot of those yes. were speculatives in the early days. Yes, get you it. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of contract value, but not yep. coming off successfully. Mm-hmm. I understand? Yeah. Um, so it's really been in the last uh, probably twelve to eighteen months that okay. our our organic revenues have increased. Mm-hmm. But all of our revenues were commission-based. Yes. you know, So it was it was based on success. So you could okay. have one month where you're killing it, mm-hmm. and then the next month might be zero. Yeah, I understand yep. that. Mm. Um, but now that we've got our enterprise products, we've introduced a subscription model. So we now have mm-hmm. annual reoccurring revenue, a monthly reoccurring revenue. Yep. So, so that's that the enterprise SaaS model. Cash
0: flow do. then
2: yep. stabilises. Yeah. Yep. So
1: now I know that my mm-hmm. costs are covered mm-hmm. um, and
0: any commissions that come in, uh, I can then reinvest into R&D yeah. and growing my team. And so you basically pivoting everything, pivoting business model, why you make money, everything. who your target clients are, everything. So Nothing <laughs> is assumed. And yeah. if it
1: is assumed, yeah. it's not set yeah. in stone until I've proven it. Yeah, you know, it. Um, And that's on our messaging, yeah. our marketing, yes. our team, you know, our yeah. internal processes. Yeah. Everything is up for review at any point. Yeah. It no,
2: Look, looks like the only thing you've kept is the business name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the business name is the only thing yeah, and yeah. the
1: original concept. But yeah. even then, that original concept has evolved. Yeah,
0: you yeah really. so uh, you, You're solving the same problem but evolved it into a different space. Yeah. A different way of delivering it too so yeah. from an uh, enterprise level. new another level. New everything. Yeah.
1: Well, and what's hard is like mm. you start this off with a passion. and My passion mm. was to solve employee underutilization, yes. Which is really important for the small to medium business sector. But... Mm. Enterprises—they don't care. No, that's not their problem. Is They've it? got deep pockets. Yeah. If they can have a thousand people on the bench and they just go, okay, well, yeah. go out and earn more money. You yeah, know, yeah. Like yeah. that's it. <laughs> so, uh, I've even though my passion is still to solve underutilization and give people job stability, mm-hmm. I'm now selling products to a client that those products will eventually solve that. Yes. But it's not a selling point. Mm. So I now need to almost wipe that from my marketing and say, okay, I've got a new a new way to target enterprise yep. and I will achieve my social impact as it, as down it sort the of line. evolves down. Mm, you know? Get it. Um, and that was hard because I was so invested in that, that story of saving jobs and saving businesses yes. and that was my pitch. Mm-hmm. And then to just wipe all of that away mm-hmm. and just go mm-hmm. to a you know, some sort of an enterprise sale, it, yeah. was, it, it took a lot. <laughs> I fought it. I fought it a lot until my yeah. board sort of went,
0: Tim, your customer has changed. Yes. Your messaging has to change. Everything has to change. Let it go. Yeah. yeah. Well, if it's not working, it's not working. And you can either fight that battle up that hill that's never-ending or you can choose to re- retreat, take another path. And I think, yeah, clearly you've done the made the right move there and you might better fight that battle down the line in terms of how you approach it. Yeah. yeah. But you certainly need to be mm-hmm. comfortable with change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't, <laughs> can't run a tech startup without yeah. being comfortable with change because it'll yeah. change daily. Yeah. 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 So... Going back three and a half years, if you, you 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 walked up to Tim, had a beer with him, what would you say to Tim to be ready on this journey and what to expect? What were some of the things you'd give some advice to maybe smoothing out that process a little bit for Tim? I would love to I would love to explain like okay this is our position
1: now four years later and this is yes. why we went to that point. Yes. But I reckon you know three and a half year old you know Tim would have just gone. Maybe you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I know what's happening because yeah. I was I was so sure yeah. on it. I was yes. arrogant. Yep. Um, so I guess the only yeah I don't I don't actually know what the <laughs> yeah. all it is is just um, you know stick with it. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna get where you need to go. Yeah. You just need to mm-hmm. to stick it out and be open minded.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah, the, the things you've learned are because you've gone through through the process. Things. Right. If you don't go through them you're not going to understand yeah. them. That's yeah. exactly right. That's, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you when people have kids. So people were telling me all this advice before my first kid was born. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you go, yeah, but that won't be my kid. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
2: the kid's born, but it's completely different, but you don't understand half of what they're talking about no. even if they're trying There's to explain no it. Cuz you, there. you There's, don't yeah, yeah, the context isn't there of having one. Right.
1: Yes. And I still remember I um I was told by one of the guys at Blue Chilli they were like, "Mate, you Know this is going to take years for mm. you to build and get there and everything else. Yeah. And I remember thinking in my head, I was like, Yeah, but that's not me. Yeah, okay, <laughs> this is a better idea. Yeah. I'm gonna smash it, and yeah. within a year, we're gonna be huge and we're gonna be sold. You know, yes. like that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Four years later, I'm like, God damn it! Like, <laughs> he was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was right. Yeah. And, and I think everyone does that. Everyone goes, yeah. That's not gonna to happen to me. Yeah, but it happens. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's until probably, you go that's through that's your story, you give to him yeah. back then, Just yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. humble. <laughs> listen to everyone yeah, listen. because they're giving you yeah. good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Until
2: you go through your story and face those things yourself and yeah. overcome them, then it's yeah. it's always hard to understand and put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Experience yeah. is everything.
0: Yeah. Reading a book and learning about it's not
2: the same thing as experience. No. It never is.
0: Never will be. No. That's yeah. right. You've spoken a little bit about your advisory board. What does that look like? Because, from my pers- perspective, every founder needs to build credible teams around them and just advisory teams around them. What does it look like for you?
1: Yeah. So, around Pat, who's our chairman, um, yeah. I built a, a team of people that I really respected in, in either in my mm-hmm. business life yes. or, or through who I met. So, um, and each one of them I brought on for a very specific advisory reason, you know, so Pat is our chairman because he has a wealth of experience at the CEO, COO, CFO, like Mm -hmm. level, Mm -hmm. ASX boards, you know, like he knows industry. Um, Following him up, we've got um, uh, Jim Bancroft, who was the ex-vice president of Northrop Grumman. He is our defense uh, advisor, you know, he's very Mm -hmm. well connected, he understands how defense industry works and that's our primary industry, so um, he does that.
2: A large company came from, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know so, much about them, but I've heard yeah. of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So his his advice is always invaluable. Um, we've got Monica Bradley, who is um, she? She is our sort of our investment startup sales and BD advisor. You know, she's one of the most well connected women in Queensland innovation sector. Okay. Um, and she is, she is my voice of, like sh- she. Pulls no punches, and and she won't accept me just sort of washing over something. She'll go, no, 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 no. explain that, you know. And she's that person who will hold me accountable mm-hmm. for what I'm saying, which yeah. is really important. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I've got Michael Page, who um, is is my tech advisor. Mm-hmm. He ran a very successful company, which he sold to Telstra, um, and he he's just one of those people that he saw the vision, he saw the potential, um, and he just was like, look, whatever I can do to help. And yeah. so he's. He's been my sounding board against the tech team. So yes. if I don't agree with what the tech team are doing, I, I speak go to, to him me. and say, yep. is this right? Mm. Yeah. You know, are these yes. Should this be the way the yeah. process happens? There's always
0: need a second person. It doesn't matter what it is, how good your team is, it's good to get a third party yeah. and an advisory. And now, the reason why I ask that question is that it's really, really good to see that you've got people across a whole business gamut. So you've got the tech side, you've got some sales BD side, you've got an industry advisor in the specific defense space that you're trying to really push into. Now you own most of it. And Pat's pretty much got a gamut of everything, right? So you've got a clear picture, your advisory team is made up of what your business needs. And I think sometimes non-techs can have a technology idea and think about it's all about the tech. But in the end, you're still a business still do operate like one, and there's so much beyond what technology is. So mm. just picking a, a tech guy to come on board or partner with and build this thing is not generally the way you want to approach it. Right. Get other people that can help evolve the business itself because in the end, it needs to be a model that generates revenue. And that's why you're in it as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And,
1: that, and that's mm. our board of directors. Mm. And then outside of that, I've got specialist advisors mm. that I've developed relationships with yes. in in very specific fields that okay. I can go to when I have mm. questions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but the majority of the time my board is has mm-hmm. is, is, is got most of it covered. Yeah. And it's yeah. good
2: that you've got a group of people that are there to advise you, not pat you on the back.
1: Right, yes. right. And that's I said that to them at the start. I was yeah. like, I don't want you to just sort of be a yes board and just, oh, yeah, whatever you think, you know, yeah. good good job. I don't need that. I need someone yeah. to tear yeah. apart what I'm saying and go, mm-hmm. I think this is the right decision,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Yes. Yeah, you need that sounding board and verification from them, not just agreeing with you and saying, all right, yeah, whatever your idea, you run with it. Yeah, if know. you find a
1: yes man as an advisor, you <laughs> just drop him. Yeah,
2: I don't know. It. Yeah, I don't know where I heard it, but
0: I, I think it's something wrong. if you've got two co-founders that always agree, or two people that always agree, you only need you can get rid of one and you're fine. Right, so right. So right. you don't need that person. You want someone that's going to challenge you. Well, uh, that's a challenge of thinking, right? That's
1: exactly yeah. how Katie and I operate. So Katie's my wife. She's actually the co-founder and CEO of the company. Mm-hmm. We, in, in terms of our experience, we are yin and yang. You yes. know, I was more of the BD sales, um, you know, strategic level. Mm-hmm. Katie's been running the back end of businesses like her whole life, okay. so she's in the accounting, admin, ops space. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, we have. Complete opposite personalities, (laughs) we have complete opposite backgrounds, and we will go head to head. Generally, what happens? On everything. (laughs) You know, my board loves watching the (laughs) presentations and they just the, the back and forward and they're like uh,
0: you guys yeah. are fine you're
1: yeah. keeping each other in <laughs> check
0: Yeah, I think um, Anthony and I have the exact same relationship in here yeah, yeah, yeah. we challenge each other every day our thinking is very different and, but very, I think different that yeah. Yeah. otherwise there's no point to working with someone and collaborating and that, uh, being your wife generally you do have con- conflicting um, thinking and thoughts so yeah really very cool how do you work um, in that relationship? How does that work? Oh, that took, yeah. some, that took, some, <laughs> that took some work. Yeah.
1: Um, so, uh, you know, the one thing I miss the most yeah. is not coming home and saying, hey, honey, how was your day? Yeah. I know how your day was. You were sitting next to me the whole day <laughs> and you annoyed me the whole day. I don't, I don't want to annoyed. talk to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, we've, we set very clear boundaries in the business. So I'm, I'm the only legal director okay. of the business. She's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, when it comes down to we have a stalemate, I'm the one who's going to go to jail if things go wrong, so therefore I get the final step. And and she actually set that up herself because she didn't want a position where we both got that equal stake Mm -hmm. and we just can't come to a decision. Mm -hmm. So that was the first step. The second one was we had to develop like a hat system. So Mm -hmm. I'm now talking to you as the CEO of the company Yes. and I'm going to take that hat off and I'm going to put on my husband hat and I'm going to say something to you and then I'm going to put my CEO hat back on. Um, Which... Works sometimes, <laughs> like so so to be like she'd be like, "Okay, I got my COO hat on. Yes, I hear what you're saying, and I'll implement that. I'm yeah. now putting on my wife hat. Screw you, and get out of my office." You know, and then I'll be I'll like, "What?" She got no COO's hat back on. You can't be mad at me anymore.
0: <laughs> Clever way of using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So um, we get there just yeah. using those sorts of things, but yeah. it's a lot of communication. It's a yeah. lot of um, sometimes having to suck, you know, or drop your ego, yes, um, and just communicate it through. Yeah. But uh, I think it actually it's strengthened our relationship.
0: We now we communicate better than we ever have. Yep. You know, and well, you you learn to evolve, especially working with someone day in day out. You learn more about them than you would be if you're you know, just a marriage relationship. Right. So you're Normal, at work yeah. more than generally, you're at home. Normally you'd uh, spend more time with your yes.
2: colleagues than your yes. wife. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. you it together. Yeah, Especially yeah.
0: when you're raising kids. I know you've got two kids, right? we got two kids, yeah. you so got two kids and you work from home, correct? So we work yeah. mostly from home yeah. on the Gold Coast,
1: yeah. um, so my tech team are based in Sydney,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, Alison our, our BD manager, she's in Canberra, Yes. Um, and yeah. then yeah, Katie and I on the Gold Coast. Yeah. So. We just, we just didn't need the idea of setting up an office and putting mm. bloody bright lights yeah, up there yeah. when it's just the two of us you know yeah, we just get a, work
0: from home. It's a pretty amazing story. Um, yeah. Husband, and wife, working from home, operating a business, two kids, um, and then growing this business now. And I like, imagine some pretty big growth in the next few years in terms of weird direction. Yeah. Here. So, yeah, pretty cool to hear your story, Tim. Um, in terms of where we're sort of at, thanks for sharing. really appreciate you coming in um, and sharing some insights about what it really takes to start up a business, especially when you're non-tech. Um, last thing I'll lead you on is uh, I told you when to take some advice back to Tim. Now, some of the key points I want to talk about from non-techs is basically if you're a non-tech, got an idea, where's the first place they should be starting in your, your opinion? What should you be looking at? What should you be doing? You mentioned a lot about validating idea for this conversation, working with clients intensively. Mm. Would you go there, or would you take them somewhere else?
1: Um, so the mm. first thing I I, mm. I always say to, to young entrepreneurs is mm. um, don't just look for the solution. Like mm-hmm. really understand a problem, yep. and you will organically come up with a good idea that you it. understand. Mm. You know, because if you understand the problem, then you yep. will you will make the right solution. Yes. Um, so that's the first step. But um, I actually had a number of business ideas through my military career and each one of them I learned a lesson and the first okay. one um, was I because in the military we move around every two years we had yes. cats we couldn't have a cat door because we were always in a rental uh-huh. um, so I I designed a, you know to you know the the screen doors yeah. I yeah. designed like an attachment onto the screen door yeah. so you could ha- you could take it with you and it always had a cat flap
0: Oh, so you just basically
1: so you just kept plug the it in. screen door
0: half open and filled it with glass and a door. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, cool. right. So yep. I was thinking, this is
1: perfect. Like yes. boom, light bulb. Yep. And so I went away and I then designed designed yes. it. I was almost at the point of going and buying the resources to develop a prototype. Yes, and then I went. I'm just going to just search Google <laughs> and there was an Australian company yeah. that was based in the same city as I was yes. that had been doing this for five years well do your research with, with the point. exact product you <laughs> yeah. know and yeah. I was do like do your research yeah. first I just wasted like a month of my time well, because I didn't, didn't do my learned, market research but
2: what did you learn from that yeah the market very research. first
1: thing you yeah. do when you have an idea is you do market research, yeah. research to see is anybody else doing yeah. this and if so, they
2: are I, I thought you yeah. were going to say the problem was you set up a prototype and you walk through the door it's too small for you yeah 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 well I'm a short guy, so it could have been a door for me.
1: Um, yeah, but that was I mean that was heartbreaking, but at, yeah. at the same time it was like just sort of slap on the forehead, like yeah. how stupid can you be? Yeah. Like you're not even checking if anyone's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing you need to do, market yeah. research. And yeah. then and then once you've got that, the next step is to go and talk to someone. So that's mm-hmm. Blue Chili always said, like after every step you went through, it was like now get out of the office and go talk to your customers. Mm-hmm. And Validate it. And validate. Yep. So you do your market research and then you just go and invite someone for a coffee and say hey I've yeah. got an idea I just want to run it by you Would do you think this would work mm. you know and the information that you get out of them is it's gold, huge. right?
0: huge yeah because they're in the space they're in the industry they're probably your target market or clearly they would be if you're talking to them mm. they've got the background knowledge to fill in the gap that you don't know about right right and yeah. most
1: like most people are very willing to help very mm. willing to have the conversation like I'm, mm. I'm amazed at how much people will yeah. do um, so are the first two things 100%
0: mm-hmm. you know yeah. um Research, validate. Research, validate, and know what find know what problem you're solving. Was one of the key points you said yeah, there too. 100%. Yeah,
1: 100%. Um, and and you see it all the time. Like uh, I see a lot of university students that I've been mentoring. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. they're in university, they love the startup scene. They go, I want to be a startup founder. And I go, yes. Okay, what do you want to do? And they go, Oh, well, I'm thinking like a you know a coffee app where you can order it. And I'm like, Mate, it's all been <laughs> done. You know, yeah. like stop looking for yeah. something easy. Yes. And solve a problem.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I think we'll leave it on that, Tim. I think.
1: Um, yeah. It's all real Before problem. we go, just let everyone
2: know where they can reach out to yeah, you and find definitely. more information. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, we're at benchon.com yep. is our website, and you can sign up for free from there. Um, mm. But I'd be more than happy if yep. anyone wants to connect with me on LinkedIn. That's yep. my main platform because yes. we're business to business. Yes. So connect with me on LinkedIn, and you know, follow the journey.
0: That's mm. oh, been a pleasure, Tim. Thanks for coming out. Extremely appreciate you. Uh, Dropping in when you're in Melbourne, just on a trip to see some customers, come out and share a podcast to um, the startup community. Thanks, Dean. No,
1: thanks very much for having me. Thanks, fun, mate. Thank Cheers. you. No
0: worries.